Are you a lawman wide up? You are not wearing a badge. Are you ashamed of your profession? I myself was a dentist. I was proud to be a dentist. I did not hide the fact that I was a dentist. How are your teeth wide up? They're working all right, I guess. I'll take good care of them. They cannot be replaced. A farm boy from Iowa becomes one of the Wild West's most famous and feared marshals. Listen as we discuss the anti-Fitty Sen, what Jesus was like as a teenager, and the most famous roles of Bills Paxton and Pullman. Then we find out if Wyatt Earp, the movie, not the person, stands the test of time. James and Alan have their say Do the movies you love still hold up today? James says gladiator with a glut Alan says as a father blah blah It's the test of time James and Alan have their say Do the movies you love still hold up today? Test of time James and Alan have their say Do the movies you love still hold up today? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Test of Time. My name is Alan Noah, and joining me, as always, is you, James Brief. Hi, everyone. I'm James Brief. That you are. And today, we are going to be talking about Wyatt Earp, because last week, we talked about the movie Tombstone. And I don't know a lot about Westerns. It's not really my genre. But I did know that these two movies came out very close together, and they had an overlapping plot or certain points that overlapped. So I figured if we were doing one, we should do the other. And uh, our guest last week, Dan Deveni, wanted to talk about Tombstone. So I was like, we've got to do Wyatt Earp too. And it's just another one of those things where Hollywood made two movies with similar kind of themes and put them out very close together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've discussed this before, but uh, I think it was kind of more of like a 90s, early 2000s thing. Yes. I've heard some of the stories of these where basically it was the same pitch and then two studios decide to uh, to make it and neither one backs down. Right, right, right. And apparently Kevin Costner, who was the star of this movie, Wyatt Earp, was originally involved in Tombstone, but then he felt like that movie was only focusing on the Tombstone part of the story, and he wanted to tell the story of all of Wyatt Earp, so he kind of went off and did that, even though this other movie was happening. You're right. I do feel like nowadays studios are a bit more sensitive to that. And if a studio is doing something similar, then the other studio will usually back down or sue, but not just go ahead and make a similar movie anyway. Right. Uh, A recent example of that was uh, Amanda Seyfried. She was in uh, The Dropout, which is the uh, the film about uh, Theranos. A TV show. Well, I mean, it was a miniseries, but there was going to be a a, a movie with who everyone thought was obviously like born to play this role. Uh, That was Jennifer Lawrence. And because she looks uh, quite similar to her. But... um, after that came out, they actually like dropped it. It was a dropout from from their film. Right, right, right. And the uh, Amanda Seyfried show was very, very good. Uh, I watched that. I very much enjoyed it. I'm sure Jennifer Lawrence would have done a great job. But yeah, there is something about that of like, yeah, why would we do the same thing that people have already seen? Because if you race and you're first, usually that's better, not necessarily 
you know, many years ago, I remember there were like two Steve Prefontaine films. I don't know if you even know who he is. No. Uh, he was a very famous uh, track star in I think either the 80s or 70s, just when they were starting to get like a professional track and field uh, league going and he died in a car accident. And they did like two films in the same year oh, really? of him. I mean, even with like some of those famous examples, like from the 90s, like Deep Impact Armageddon, which by the way, it was after our Deep Impact episode that Dan first emailed us and mentioned that he wanted to do Tombstone. So it is kind of weirdly poetic or something. I don't know. But Deep Impact and Armageddon, those are two movies about an asteroid crashing into Earth, but they take different approaches to the story and what happens. Um, Asteroid and Armageddon, Comet in Deep Impact. Okay. Literally no one else cares. <laughs> I mean, like, if there was a comet coming to destroy us and we're all going to die, you'd be the one person of like, oh, it's actually a cometoid and it is quite different. <laughs> well, a comet at least makes sense. Like, this thing is swinging around the, uh, the solar system. Eventually, it might and has hit uh, Earth before. Armageddon, which I liked, by the way, but they just said a rogue asteroid. Like, like it was knocked off course and is heading towards Earth. Like, they could have just said, there is an asteroid coming towards the Earth. Fine. But that does kind of maybe lead into my point, which is that those two movies are very, very similar, but different. And you can pick a lot of these types of movies, you know, Bugs Life and Ants. Those are movies about talking bugs, but they're different. These movies, Tombstone and Wyatt Earp, there is a lot of overlap, like a lot, a lot. They are both really at their core focused on Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday. And not only do they both have the same main protagonists, they both largely feature the gunfight at the OK Corral. It's like the same thing. It's really, really similar. And I think throughout this episode, I'm going to be comparing Wyatt Earp to Tombstone, which I kind of just don't know how to not do. I feel like that's just going to be natural for me to do. So sorry if that's unfair to this movie, but also it came out six months after Tombstone did. Yeah, this film is about the life of Wyatt Earp. And unlike uh, Tombstone, uh, that film was more about the OK Corral and the immediate uh, times before and after that, which took place in Tombstone, Arizona. This is more a complete biography uh, of the life of Wyatt Earp. And it begins with the lessons he learned as a boy about the importance of family. He eventually grows to become a lawman and he gets married in Missouri, possibly Missouri. Um, (laughs) But his wife dies of typhoid fever. And he becomes depressed. He turns to alcohol and a life of crime. After a brief stint as a buffalo hunter, he once again returns to law enforcement, this time in Dodge City, Kansas. From there, he moves to Tombstone, Arizona with his brothers and his friend Doc Holliday. They take on the gangs there and that infamous shootout, the OK Corral. And then we see the rest of his life, his marriage, and then ultimately uh, we learn about his death. Right. So this movie was not as big of a hit as Tombstone, right? No, no. This film came out, as you said, uh, six months after Tombstone. This one came out June 24th, 1994. And this movie had a $65 million budget. I can see where that $65 million went. You know, there's not huge stars in this film, but it's a sprawling epic. Yes. And uh, the film only earned $25 million. So a big flop. Yeah, this film did not do that well. Gotcha. 
Well, let's get into it. Wyatt Earp's father is played by Gene Hackman. He is third build, and he's barely in the movie. Like, he's in the very beginning, and then he kind of comes back maybe, you know, a couple of scenes in uh, after, you know, Wyatt Earp gets arrested, and then he's gone. Good for Gene Hackman to get third billing in a movie. He's really barely in. Like, 10 minutes of a three-hour-plus movie. It definitely has the uh, Superman starring Marlon Brando, also Christopher Reeve. Yeah. But the cast of this film is fantastic. Tombstone and Wyatt Earp had fantastic casts. Agreed. In Wyatt Earp, you have Kevin Costner, uh, Doc Holliday instead of uh, Val Kilmer. Uh, You have Dennis Quaid. Awesome. Gene Hackman's fantastic. Michael Madsen, he's always awesome. So good. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, I mean, she is, she's amazing. I think probably her two most famous roles are, uh, she is Kevin McAllister's mom in the Home Alone films. And these days, uh, she's known uh, for being a Schitt's Creek. Right. And uh, Bill Pullman, always awesome. Isabella Rossellini, she's very big, uh, certainly in the 90s. Tom Sizemore, um, a small role, but you got Jim Caviezel, he's in there as well. So, you know, casting was top-notch for both of these films. Yes. It's neither here nor there, but sometimes I just get Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton mixed up in my head because their names are pretty similar. Very different actors. I like them both, but the fact that Bill Paxton is in Tombstone and Bill Pullman is in Wyatt Earp was kind of tripping me up a little bit. Uh, Bill Paxton, he's like the guy in Aliens, like, game over, man, we're all fucked. And Bill Pullman, he's the president in Independence Day. Like, a similar age. They don't don't look super different. I mean, they don't look exactly the same. It's funny that those are the go-to examples you use. Those would not have been my go-to examples. What would you say for Paxton and Pullman? Paxton, weird science. He's the brother. And Bill Pullman, I think of Spaceballs. Now, most people would think of them in other roles, not necessarily weird science and Spaceballs. But for me, in my childhood, those were the movies I saw the most. I give you Spaceballs. I do not agree with you on weird science. Oh, that's definitely me. It's just because I watched that movie infinity times when I was a kid. So whenever I see him, I think of him as the obnoxious older brother Chet. Bill Paxton, the, the late Bill Paxton, was he ever a top billed guy? I mean, I saw him in that in that HBO show Big Love. That's the only thing I ever saw him as top billing. Twister. Yes, Twister. I've actually never seen that film. Neither have I. And they're talking about maybe doing a sequel called Twisters. So if that one comes out, we can go back and watch the original. They have an obvious sequel name, though. Two Twister. Oh, even better. <laughs> what were you, you going to say? Twisterer. Oh, no. No, 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 no. How about Twister 2, colon, Twisterer? No, that is absolutely terrible. Too fast, too twister? No, please stop. These are only getting worse. Um, But uh, I do think that Dennis Quaid does a really, really good job playing Doc Holliday. And you and I and Dan all said last week that we loved Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday in Tombstone. I think we all three said it. If I didn't say it, I meant to. But like, he is really, really good in that role in Tombstone. And I think Dennis Quaid, with those big shoes to fill, really kills it. The one thing I was missing from Tombstone, the film just starts uh, with Tombstone, Arizona. I understand why all the Earp brothers are there, because they're Earp brothers, and you're going to stick around with your brother. You're going to die for your brother. You're going to you know, do whatever he needs to do. But they're like, and these are the Earp brothers, 
and their best friend, Doc Holliday. I would have liked to have heard, even in Tombstone, them giving a little backstory about why Doc Holliday is so important to them. We do get that story here. And that was the one piece missing. Val Kilmer was awesome in it. I'm just talking about the uh, character. I was missing that. Why is he here? I just have to trust Kurt Russell's character that he says, this guy's my best friend. Fair. There's a lot of things that were missing from Tombstone that Wyatt Earp does fill in. Last week, when we were talking with Dan, I said, do they even say the word tuberculosis in this movie? And you guys said that they did, and I just missed it. But not even that. The thing about um, Wyatt Earp's, who I thought was his wife, Maddie, and then Dan was like, oh, no, they weren't actually married. I really don't think that was in the movie. And if it was, again, I missed it. But in this movie, in Wyatt Earp, these things are very clear. They say tuberculosis several times. It is crystal clear that that is what he is dying of. It is crystal clear that this woman, Maddie, is not Wyatt Earp's wife. And she considers herself to be his wife, but he does not consider her to be his wife. Like, these things are crystal clear. And I did appreciate that because I felt like, I don't know all of this stuff. I'm not a historian. This stuff happened well over 100 years ago, 150 years ago. I don't know. I don't know who is Wyatt Earp's wife and who isn't. And I do appreciate that in this movie, they really make a lot of that stuff clear. Uh, Yeah, it does fill in those holes. There were some holes uh, filled in that I was asking for. There were some that I was not asking for. Oh, yeah. You know what this film reminds me of, uh, watching it with the tombstone? What's that? This film reminds me of the Gospels, the biblical books from the uh, Christian Bible, you know, the, the New Testament. Um, the Gospels are four stories of Jesus. Basically, four different guys wrote it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And some of them start with baby Jesus, you know, those little stories of baby Jesus born in the manger and the, the three wise men come visit. That's where that story comes from, from a few of those guys. Some of the other ones... They just start right with hippie Jesus. All of the Gospels skip teenage Jesus. Interesting, but uh, none of them talk about teenage Jesus. He's born, he's a baby, he's the son of God, and then he's like a 33-year-old guy. But over the course of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see the same stories. The Sermon on the Mount, and you're going to see the crucifixion, and you're going to see some of the same lines. Father, why have you forsaken me? And other lines that are, that are going to be identical. I very much found that, oh, we've seen this sanitarium in Colorado Springs. Like, this was the same exact scene. Not done perfectly the same, but this was from the same source, obviously. So it was very Gospel-esque. It's interesting that you say that because... I think that there is this sort of like deification of Wyatt Earp where they really put him on a pedestal and they being both movies. And, you know, something else I asked Dan last week was, do you think that Wyatt Earp is a hero or an anti-hero? And I think in the movie Tombstone, they show him as a flawed character, but I think I think that movie tries to put him as more of a hero. I think it tries to portray him as more of your classic, quote unquote, good guy. This movie, I don't think there's a question, is Wyatt Earp a hero or an antihero? I think he is very, very clearly an antihero. I think that makes him more complex, and I think that makes him more interesting. I think the Wyatt Earp in this movie is more interesting than the Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, just because that movie glosses over a lot. And to the credit of Tombstone, 
it kind of helps because if you tell this guy's whole life story, you end up with a very long movie, which is what we have with Wyatt Earp. And it's certainly debatable if this movie is too long. Maybe it's not debatable. I think this movie is too damn long. There's just so much stuff about this guy's life that we just don't need to know. Unless you're kind of deifying him and making him like a Jesus-esque figure in Americana history, which, okay, fine. I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. I think for people who are really into this part of our history, Wyatt Earp, I guess, is on that kind of pedestal. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. I I just... I think a good movie, I don't care that's three hours. And this movie is not three hours, it's three hours and ten minutes. Yes. Um, and you know, when I saw it, I saw 190. What? 190 minutes? Uh, Tombstone's like two hours, I think. Yeah, like a little over two. That's a regular movie length. This is two movie lengths, pretty much. I had to flip the DVD over. Yes, this film was on two VHS tapes uh, when it was released. I don't remember flipping DVDs over, though. Like, that is not a thing that I think I've had to do, even for movies on the podcast. This movie's not the longest movie we've ever done. It's still not as long as Godfather Part Two. That was on two DVDs. I had to switch the DVD, but I don't remember ever having to flip a DVD over. And it's funny you bring that up because that was going to be my point about long movies. Godfather Part Two, it's great. Uh, it's three hours. I think Dancing with Wolves is great. I do remember saying they could have cut 10, 15 minutes of it. Some of the Infinity War and Endgame movies from uh, Marvel, those were three hours long, and uh, I thought that was fine. If the movie keeps the pace going, I really don't care how long it is. I mean, hell, we've probably all binge-watched some kind of show, and we basically watched for, like, more than three hours, embarrassingly. That's true. That is a good point. I think the thing that kind of stands out about this movie and its sprawling length, though, is that some things it really takes its time on. For example, his first wife, Eurilla, I think I'm saying that right. First off, I just love how his courtship of her works, where he tells a story at a bar of how he looked at her three times, and then the third time she looked back. And so now, 10 years later, he's going to go back and ask her to marry him. Like, what the hell kind of a story is that? You looked at each other a decade ago, and it was a nice look, so now you're going to get married? And then, of course, he goes to her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I know why you're here, because of that look 10 years ago. That was a good look. What the hell? But, like, the movie spends a lot of time with her and their love and their marriage and then her eventual death. And I understand it. Like, that influences him, and it affects him, and you see those effects carry through the rest of his life. I get it. But then there are parts of his story that this movie completely glosses over, specifically all the stuff in Tombstone. Wyatt Earp leaves Dodge City, and then in the next scene, it's one year later in Tombstone, and a lot of the important things that happened in the movie Tombstone of Wyatt Earp unretiring and taking over the the Pharaoh game and the tension with... uh, the Earp men and their wives, all of that stuff is really explored in the movie Tombstone and in Wyatt Earp, they just completely skip it. And it's like, I know that all that stuff happened because I just watched the movie Tombstone last week, but I feel like if you didn't just watch that movie, you would be really lost. It just like assumes that you know all of this stuff. I agree. Uh, I was kind of waiting for those answers and Tombstone opens of like, 
we're in this town. We kind of just want to be left alone. And they spend the first five, ten minutes or so like, hey, guys, we're not the Earps that you know. We're just, you know, very quiet people. And then Kurt Russell, like, he's like, all right, I got to clean up this uh, casino here. And you, know, you slowly get into, all right, now they're establishing themselves. I thought that that was the one place I did not want them to go one year later. And they're basically up to the OK Corral almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really, really, really weird. And I almost wonder if it was like, to use a Marvel analogy, like when they introduced Spider-Man into the MCU, they didn't do the whole spider bite, death of Uncle Ben thing because they figured movie audiences have seen that story. They just recently saw it a couple years ago. We can skip that part. And that's a fair point. But in this movie, this isn't like a cinematic universe. This is a separate movie from Tombstone. This movie is almost sort of like positioning itself as like an alternative to Tombstone. You know, in other words, don't watch Tombstone, watch this one. But if you don't watch Tombstone, you're going to be lost. So it's like a weird kind of double-edged sword where it's like you you shouldn't watch Tombstone, but you also kind of need to watch Tombstone. Right. You know, there were two competing documentaries on that uh, fiasco, the Fire Festival. Right. I only saw one of them. I think I saw the Netflix one. But the other one was from a totally different perspective. It was not all about this belief. I forgot his name. Uh, but... The Fire Festival mostly focused on him, and there's a reason to have another documentary. But this movie decided to take a long time to get up to Tombstone, and then they just skipped it. They kind of did a Gospels thing. We're like, if I really want to know what made a 33-year-old Jesus, that hippie Jesus, I'm going to need to know uh, adolescent and uh, you know early 20s Jesus. And, and it's almost like they're telling me, here's the Gospel that's going to give it to you. And now, all right, it's not just baby manger. It's five-year-old Jesus. And now 10-year-old Jesus. Here's a little story about 12-year-old Jesus. And he's 32. You didn't give me what I was missing. Almost like, look, the movie's coming out six months later after Tombstone. Maybe, you know, you're going to see it. You have six months to edit it. Like, maybe see what Tombstone did wrong and put in the scenes that you want to do. Right, right, right. It is weird. I do think this movie does a better job of building up to the OK Corral. I did feel like in Tombstone, it was sort of like, oh, these guys have guns and they're not supposed to. Guess we better go over there. And in this movie, it just feels like it is a simmering thing that builds up and it has to happen. And I wonder how realistic it is. And maybe no one really knows for sure. But the good guys and the bad guys at the OK Corral are standing like four feet away from each other. I guess that doesn't stand the test of time because I guess guns are probably more accurate now. That's certainly something I've always wondered about these films. Even the good, the bad, and the ugly that we reviewed from the, the 60s. Like, I remember that one guy like fires a, a gun at a noose to like release someone off of a you – know, he's hanging. Like, how could they be that accurate from, right. from that far away? Um, I have no idea what Old West shootouts were like. I did appreciate that this one was more of like draw kind of uh, showdown. But I have to assume – most of what we know from the Old West is Roy Rogers. Like, it's just kind of Hollywood made up. Like, the holsters that we all see cowboys have, completely unrealistic. That's not what any of them had. They had a totally different one. These ones are actually called Hollywood holsters. Ironically, as we mentioned last week, um, Wyatt Earp winds up going on to be a Hollywood uh, consultant for the early movies. 
and uh, he dies in Los Angeles. So maybe he was like, this is how it really was, but all right, you're not really going to do that. I think they sort of address that in a kind of a meta way at the end of this movie when they have like a flashback when, you know, Wyatt Earp's an old man and he's with uh, his new wife, Josie, the actress, or I guess at that point it's later in their life, so it's not his new wife, but his third wife, the love of his life. And they're approached by someone who tells a story of uh, Wyatt Earp in his heyday and he tells it how he heard the story, and then Wyatt Earp, as an old man, says, some people say it didn't happen that way. And Josie says, it happened that way. You know, I, I felt like that was sort of like a wink to the audience of like, how do we know what really happened there? It happened this way because we're telling you it did. You know, it was kind of like a, a meta thing, which is, I guess, okay, but also then like, yeah, but if you're saying that this is the definitive story of Wyatt Earp, then maybe you shouldn't have that kind of a meta wink to the audience. Yeah, that, that, that's certainly a, a reasonable complaint. Um, you know what this film has that Tombstone didn't have? And I think it had to because it's Kevin Costner. It's the 90s and he's, and he's following Dance with Wolves. This film has a lot of establishment shots of how gorgeous the old west was and how beautiful america is and you know it worked for me in dances with wolves it didn't really work for me in this film i thought i was kind of like can we go on like let's hurry this up that's fair um it didn't really bother me in this movie i think Dance with Wolves is more about like the beauty of the american frontier i feel like Tombstone and Wyatt Earp are more about like the rough and tumble Wild West, which I guess in my mind is like darker and dirtier and grittier, even though, you know, maybe the Old West town with the saloon, like the saloon in the Old West town was maybe dirty and dingy. But if you went, you know, 20 miles out of town, you'd have beautiful vistas and, you know, amazing horizons and all of that. So I don't know, it's it's a probably just a matter of perspective, but I can understand where you're coming from. One other thing that I thought this movie did really well was the way that it handled how the outlaws were hiding behind the law, which uh, Wyatt Earp even says at one point, where after the shootout at the OK Corral, the Earps are on trial because some people say that they started the fight and some people like the cowboys. And they kind of touch on that a little bit in Tombstone. Like someone at one point is holding a sign that says like justice for the cowboys or something like that, but they don't really explore that. And I think that's an interesting thing. And I mean, it kind of makes me think of today, you know, where as soon as somebody is considered a quote unquote bad guy, there are people who run out to defend him. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Kyle Rittenhouse and Ashley Babbitt. These are people who according to half of the country, were stupid and doing the wrong thing. And the other people are like, no, they're heroes. It's your perspective, right? Like it, it's sort of how you look at it. And it's very easy for someone to point a finger and say, yeah, this is the example of what not to do. Or for someone to point the, their finger at the exact same person who did the exact same thing and say, no, no, they did it right. The other people were the ones who did it wrong. I think that's an interesting thing to explore, and I appreciate that this movie did explore it somewhat. Yeah, um, this film had a different point than Tombstone. Tombstone was about Tombstone. 
this movie is about Wyatt Earp. So they're going to have to include everything because Wyatt Earp's life is more than Tombstone. And even Tombstone acknowledges that. They say in the beginning, they're basically like, the famous lawman Wyatt Earp is now in Tombstone. Wait, he's famous? Like, right. I want to know why he's famous. It's funny because uh, you and I had mentioned not only had we not seen these films, we don't really know much about Wyatt Earp. Right, right. And it is kind of funny how I learned either from Dan last week or from Wikipedia, I forget which, but that in real life, the shootings of the Earp brothers, Virgil and Morgan, in Tombstone and in Wyatt Earp, those attacks happen on the same night. But in real life, they didn't. And, you know, it's fine that the movies change it, but it's funny that both movies made that same creative decision. You know, they, they both took the same artistic license, which makes sense for a movie, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know what the point is of that. It's just that, like, you're telling a fictionalized version of a real story, and both of these movies that are taking different approaches to that real story, that even they did make some of the same decisions. Uh, I actually agree with that decision on both films. I think that's exactly the kind of stuff that you, uh, yeah, you play around with a little bit. Like I mentioned last week, I was fine with there being only three Earp brothers, whereas there were really like six and a half brother, and uh, there was a sister as well. And um, I'm fine with it either way. But like we were mentioning, I don't know much about these guys, and you know, there, there's an assumption that you do. Um, I remember there was a film that came out uh, a little bit after uh, this film in 2007, and I was always intrigued by the title of this film. It was called The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. And I don't really know who these people are. I know Jesse James was one of these old West guys. And the, the fact that this title is the coward Robert Ford, maybe he, he's generally portrayed as a hero. And Jesse James, the assassination, he wasn't murdered. He was assassinated or killed. That's intriguing. Like, But I don't know anything about these guys. So these films might assume a little bit, we know a little bit more about them than, than we do. More so Tombstone than this film. Yeah, I think it is more so Tombstone. I think Tombstone really takes a lot for granted that you know about these people. I think what Wyatt Earp takes for granted is that you saw Tombstone. So in either case, you kind of have to come prepared and you kind of have to do some homework. And that's frustrating. You know, I think that hurts both movies, to be honest. Yeah, actually, to, to correct what I say, Tombstone, um, it left some holes out that I was looking for, whereas Wyatt Earp is kind of the opposite. It filled in on some holes I was looking for and then gave me a lot of stuff I was not asking for. Yeah, they might have been part of his life, but I just didn't think it fit this epic of the lawman. They were going for a love story and the family man, his relationship with his father, and uh, I didn't quite get how it all came together. Neither film really gave me the answer of why he was enormously famous. And it was really only the trivia and the articles I read about this. The reason these guys are famous is because these particular uh, fights were covered by journalists. And these became uh, famous stories. That's why both films have very similar, uh, like the, the gospel analogy, they have exact same quotes because both films made sure to, to accurately show when they said it and who they said it to and that, uh, that Morgan was killed while playing pool. Like these things were all reported. So these things are well known. I just didn't get the idea that this guy is an American legend. 
legend. I thought he's a tombstone legend. And Dodge City, not necessarily a legend. I didn't really get that depiction of him. He was an important guy, but neither film got me that. That's very interesting about the the journalism angle uh, and goes to show that journalism is important, even though it is not always treated as such today. But the other reason that Wyatt Earp is famous and probably even more famous than his brothers is because he went to Hollywood and then started hobnobbing with celebrities and kind of just marketed himself as the hero of the Old West and the Hollywood celebrities kind of ate it up. So that really helped his story and build up his name when arguably his brothers were more famous lawmen and sheriffs and marshals and all of those things. Completely neither here nor there. I do not understand the difference between a marshal and a sheriff and a lawman in general. Like, what's the difference? I have no idea, but uh, the coolest one among those, Texas Ranger. (laughs) Sure. Okay, fine. Why not? It's interesting what you said before about how he uh, went to Hollywood and marketed himself. I'm not sure if he did himself, but uh, similarly to how um, the rapper slash actor slash producer 50 Cent, I mean, one of the first things I knew about him was the guy was shot eight times and he survived. That was a big deal. His breakthrough album was Get Rich or Die Trying. And that was the name of his uh, his biopic, too. And it had all the bullet holes on the album cover. Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, they mentioned in uh, Wyatt Earp that he never uh, once got shot. And they show everyone gets grazed, everyone gets hurt a little bit, but Wyatt Earp never got shot. So that's going to be almost the opposite of 50 Cent. You were an Old West cowboy. You were involved in the OK Corral. You got rid of the cowboy gang. You were alone in Dodge City. You did all this. Wow, never got shot. Wow. That is cool if you're in that world and you never got shot. Right, because he got shot at so much, but never was hit. Mm. So, I mean, that brings us to uh, the end of our discussion of Wyatt Earp. Do you think this film stands the test of time? I do, um, mainly because what about it doesn't? You know, it's a tale of the Old West. It's based on history. Of course, there's creative license here and there, but it's a semi-factually accurate story. It's a period piece. There are things about it that I don't like. And watching it right after watching Tombstone, I kind of feel like both of these movies do not need to exist. You know, like they they really should have figured out some way to tell this story in one movie. Or actually, I saw that uh, this movie originally was supposed to be like a six-part miniseries or something. And uh, then Kevin Costner threw his weight around and said he wanted it to be one movie and people agreed with him. This has miniseries written all over it. If this was like six one-hour episodes streaming on HBO Max or something today, sure, great. Tell me the story of the childhood, then have like a different actor play the teen and a different actor play the adult. This story is tailor-made for that. It's literally episodic. You can see where the commercial breaks are in this film. Absolutely. With these two movies, though, I kind of feel like if you took the beginning of Tombstone and the end of Wyatt Earp, you would have one fairly cohesive story that kind of paints a fairly broad picture. That's probably not totally true. There are exceptions and things I would cherry pick from this movie and that movie and things I would leave out from both. But um, overall, I think this movie does do a pretty good job. Just reading stuff online today, this is like the hated one. Everyone loves Tombstone and everyone hates Wyatt Earp. I'm 
painting with a broad brush, of course, not everyone, but generally speaking, Tombstone is much more liked than Wyatt Earp. I think this movie kind of gets a bad rap based on what I saw today. I think the character of Doc Holliday is written much, much better in this movie. Acted stupendously in both movies, but he's written better here. In Tombstone, I understand that Doc Holliday has a death wish. In Wyatt Earp, I feel it. Like, I just get him and his story better. It's a more complete picture of him and Wyatt Earp and... I think it gets a lot right. It, it's way too goddamn long, and uh, it glosses over some things that are important. It spends way too much time on things that aren't that important. It's not perfect. It is definitely flawed. But yeah, I think it stands the test of time. What do you think, James? Um, you know, I've said some things that I, I like about the film. I think there's some beautiful shots in this film. I think the cast is awesome. The, the cast is great. Uh, the score is Fine. It tries to be um, Dances with Wolves epic. It's not. That doesn't really work for me. But then again, this film does not need an epic score, except that the Kevin Costner like traveling scenes do have that. Um, I really appreciate there's a buffalo hunting scene. Dance with Wolves has this amazing Tatanka buffalo hunting scene where right before they hunt the buffalo, there's this beautiful and beautifully sad non-talking scene where uh, you see a couple dead buffalo with their skins off. And it's so horrible to these Native Americans. Like, why would you do this? And um, in this film, uh, they're shooting them just with guns. And it's kind of seen as, like, from the other perspective. Like, they're kind of hunting for, uh, for hides. And you see them skinning them. And there's this pile of bones that they show. I did appreciate that they gave a, a buffalo scene just because it was, like, it was Kevin Costner doing it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't someone, like, shitting on his Dance with Wolves. I, th- I think he meant something by that. I, I, I don't know what, but uh, I did appreciate that scene. Um, I appreciate one hole they filled in this film, which was Doc Holliday. Because uh, I did care about uh, him. And I didn't quite get why he was with the Earps, so now I do. And here's the part I don't like about this film. Not that it's three hours, because like I said, three-hour film is fine. But if you make a film about Abraham Lincoln, Steven Spielberg made an epic film about uh, Abraham Lincoln, and Daniel Day-Lewis, a brilliant film. He doesn't start with Abraham Lincoln as a kid. Had Abraham Lincoln as a kid said, one day I'm going to unite this country and I'm a failure, 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 and then he's a success, you know, these kind of things, he decided not to do any of that. The famous Lincoln-Douglas debates, he doesn't do any of that either. He really only focuses on the Civil War area. Those are the most important years and the things that we want to know about. And possibly, unless you're going to make up his teenage years, I doubt there was amazing foreshadowing of the brilliant man that this guy was going to be. So for me, I think that this story that it tells all the other parts, they just don't really add anything to me. I don't think that this story is an epic love story. That's what it tries to make it out to be. It was fine that they put a love story, I guess, in Tombstone. I'm not as sure it was totally necessary there either. I think it answered a lot of questions we just didn't ask for, and it doesn't really contribute. And in another way, it almost like takes it away. I finally find out all this stuff about Dodge City. Eh, he was a lawman there. I just didn't see him as this, like, I'm going to change this town. He's going to be the guy that really cleans up this city and... 
yeah, he threw a couple of drunks out and he did some stuff, but I, I, I didn't feel like this was the, this is what changed the old West. Yeah. Also like he leaves, they kick him out of Dodge city because he's too brutal. And then the other guy who replaces him isn't brutal enough. And so then he comes back to Dodge city and then cleans it up again. And then like immediately leaves again, you get whiplash with him in Dodge city. I think that unless they kind of made up some stuff about Wyatt Earp's earlier life, I just don't think this stuff really fits the story that I was looking for. And that's fair. I mean, maybe that wasn't Wyatt Earp's life, but that's also why the Gospels don't talk about adolescent Jesus. I don't think adolescent Jesus was the super hippie he was at at 33. I don't think this film needs to exist. I think a wider film could exist. But then again, if that's what he did in the other parts of his life, I think it's probably more focused to focus on what he did during that, his time in Tombstone, Arizona. It turns out to be the most interesting part of the guy's life uh, to me, or at least from what I saw in this film. And the fact that it was three hours didn't really help it. So I just don't think this film stands up because the other film exists. And also this film just didn't really give me the uh, appreciation of Wyatt Earp the way that Lincoln made me appreciate uh, Abraham Lincoln. I just don't think it gave me that answer I was looking for. Who's Wyatt Earp? So for me, this film doesn't stand the test of time. Totally, totally fair. Um, I'm glad I know more about this part of American history, I guess. I don't know that I really felt like I was lacking before, but whatever, fine. I feel like I'm a little bit more armed for like a Jeopardy question. It's going to be like Wyatt Earp, uh, famous on the OK Corral, was a lawman in this Kansas City. I'll be like, Dodge City. But actually, you'll be wrong because you didn't say what is Dodge City. Unless it's it's a first round of Jeopardy and Mayim or Ken will give me one more chance. They do that now? They always did. In round one, you do get one warning. In double Jeopardy, you do not. I did not know that. Clearly, I have not watched the show in a long time. That's going to do it for us this week. Come back next week when we talk about History of the World Part 1. History of the World Part 2 is going to be a real thing on Hulu. I don't know if you saw the trailer. I know you don't like trailers. I watched it. It looks very, very funny. I'm genuinely excited to watch that show. So we've got to go back and watch the Mel Brooks classic, History of the World Part 1. Well, I saw the trailer for History of the World Part 2, and I think it looks hysterical. Wait, are you talking about the trailer at the end of History of the World Part 1? Yes, of course. There's an actual trailer for the Hulu show that's coming out next week, or like a week or two, or I forget exactly when, but it's coming out. It has a lot of big-name comedians. It looks really, really funny. Well, let's talk about the film. Let's do it. Until then, we want to hear from you guys. We are at Test of Time Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know which movie you like better, Tombstone or Wyatt Earp. If you like both of them, if you hate both of them, either is fine. Just let us know. We love hearing from you guys, and we'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.